APM American Public Media. This is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. We know that people who finish college generally do better in work and career than people who don't. But a new majority of American high school graduates is having trouble getting into schools, let alone finishing. Many in this new majority are low-income, Hispanic, or African-American, and from the southern or western United States. Only 20% of college students are so-called traditional students, those who live on campus, attend full-time, and finish in four years. For-profit and community colleges have stepped into the breach, but there's also another group of schools that has been serving low-income and minority students for a long time. Thirty-five of those schools have come together to form Yes, We Must, a coalition that aims to shine a light on their work and muster more clout, especially at the federal level. The executive director of Yes, We Must joins me on the podcast this week from her office near Boston. She is Gloria Nemerowitz. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. So Yes, We Must is fairly new. What, what made it necessary now? It is only about three years old, and really we were inspired by President Obama's raising the visibility of the national crisis in higher education. Uh, If we're going to make progress in this area, it's going to be with those that you defined as uh, as non-traditional. It's going to be with those who are not already in the pipeline to college who have been underrepresented in college-going students for a long time and that we needed to make a better effort to reach out to them. So with that, we said, well, gee, some of us have been doing that for a long time. Um, We don't claim to have all the answers. We know we could do it better, but we're not organized as a sector of higher education. So why don't we come together and see how we can help one another and how we can help Um, on a national level. What kinds of colleges are in your Yes, We Must coalition? What do they have in common? And maybe you could name a few. Sure. So they're all a small, uh, independent, nonprofit, uh, both four and two year. And the real defining criteria is we're all uh, enrolling 50% or more Pell eligible um, students, uh, which these are Pell under- grants that are for students of uh, uh, lower income. Correct. Families. That's that's mm-hmm. our um, placeholder for uh, low income, um, and and indeed the other fifty or forty or thirty percent at any given campus are not wealthy. They, um, you know, for for reasons uh, perhaps they're working full time, supporting families. Uh, they didn't qualify, but they still have significant challenges. Many are, lo- as you said, many are first in their families to attend college. Many are uh, not directly from high school, uh, but are catching this this opportunity trail at a later point in their lives. And many are from communities of color increasingly. What do these schools, these colleges, these small colleges do differently than other institutions to help students who have either educational or financial obstacles to overcome Uh, What do they do to help them get through? Everything they can muster, they do. Most of these uh, colleges, to make matters more challenging, don't have a lot of resources. Um, Most have sprung up in areas where if they weren't serving the needs of their communities, nobody else would be. So many were formed by religious orders who... By definition, their purpose is to serve the poor, so mercy colleges and and other um, religiously inspired, uh, uh, mission-driven, a few HBCUs are in our coalition. So all of us came to this 
passion, this passion to help those who were not being well served by by higher ed. From a, a different vantage point, perhaps we all have distinctive uh, histories and foundations that we cherish and we want to hold on to, but we're united by our focus on lower income uh, first generation students. And, and that has proved to be pretty remarkable in building a level of trust among us, a level of uh, willingness to share resources, willingness to share ideas and people, and to speak with a united voice, especially on emerging policy issues. Just as a footnote, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Correct. Is the sector that you represent, these small, um, somewhat less selective private nonprofit colleges, is that sector growing or shrinking? And what kinds of economic challenges does it face? Right. Yeah, it's not my sense that it's growing. I think we lose a few each year or two uh, because of their isolation. I mean, even those of us who are in big urban centers in in Detroit, in downtown Manhattan, uh, in Chicago, are isolated in some ways from the community of higher education in their areas because their needs are so different. The needs of our students are are different. The, the challenges for the presidents are different. So there is a sense of, of isolation that, yes, we must hopes to overcome by forming this community. And we believe we're part of a larger social movement in this country that certainly is impacting higher education to say the way things have been is not good enough. And, and, it's, and those uh, more elite institutions um, need to continue doing their work. It's not that, that people are doing bad work. Community colleges are doing terrific work. But here in the Yes, We Must schools is another piece of the solution, we believe. And what do you offer that community colleges don't offer? Well, many of us offer four-year programs. We also offer small classes, small faculty-student ratios, uh, a real sense of personalized education. For many of our students, this is the first time in their academic lives that people have talked to them about their intellectual uh, life and ability. and have the ability to make their education number one. Um, So it's that small community, the same qualities that middle and upper income families have always seen in private education and have wanted for their sons and daughters. This sector, this Yes We Must sector, uh, wants to offer it even more to low income. It's not right for everybody, but it is a, um, a way of approaching learning. And and it works for a lot of people. One reason the Yes, We Must Coalition came together is to have a stronger voice at the federal level. What what can the government do for you? Well, be aware of us, for one thing. Be aware that um, certain ways of measuring both institutional and student paths have been geared toward different sector than Yes, We Must, that Yes, We Must has a role to play, that maybe uh, folks transfer into Yes, We Must schools. It may be that we launch them and they transfer out so that we are part of a whole mosaic. And when you look at it from the student-centered point of view, it's complex. It, so so heightened awareness of the complexity, especially from a, a student from a first-generation family 
With not a lot of resources, with lots of, of catching up and moving on kinds of needs, that we can shine a light on the complexity of the lives of, of just that population that this country uh, most needs to look toward for leadership in the future. Gloria Nemerowitz is executive director of Yes, We Must, a coalition of colleges that serves low-income and minority students. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find more podcasts about changes in post-secondary and K-12 education at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage, AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can like us on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and follow us on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media. Thank you.